CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and I am coming at you live from a library at Nima Colon Resort in Pennsylvania. That's right, you guys. I have been at the Bachelor Resort for the last four days. If you don't follow me on Instagram, go check it out. It's all in my highlights. I met that skydiving instructor. I got a little bit of tea about filming the show, and that is all going to be revealed on Friday's episode of Here for the Right Reasons. I'm going to have a great interview with the president of Nemecolon, who is a hoot to say the least. Um, and she gave me a lot of really funny anecdotes about meeting Matt and watching the show uh, unfold in front of her eyes and on this amazing resort, which I cannot say enough great things about, and not just because I'm still here and refuse to leave. Anyway, on this episode, you are going to hear from Bree Springs from this season of The Bachelor. I'm so excited. I feel like I talked to Matt so long ago, so I haven't gotten to talk to anyone from Matt's season in a minute. And this was a really fun interview with Bree. We talked all about um, after the final rose and the finale, which she was at after the final rose, you guys, they just cut her out justice for Brie. But now you'll get to hear what they talked about and whether she talked to Matt and Rachel and what while everything was unfolding and what she really thought of the whole thing. And it was really great to get perspective of someone who was not only on the season, but was one of the people of color on the season and how you know, part of this franchise now and how everything is going to continue to play out. That being said, I obviously only get a short amount of time when I do interviews with current contestants. So while we spoke a lot about the season, we didn't get to talk too much in depth about the specific things that happened during the finale. So I wanted to just touch on a few things um, before I play my interview with Bree. Obviously, we started off the episode with Matt and meeting with his mom and with his brother. And we had these kind of interesting revelations with Matt talking to his mom about the show because it's not like she didn't like Rachel and and Michelle. From everything that I was watching, I feel like she really liked both of them. And that doesn't always happen. A lot of times the parents of the lead kind of play favorites, or at least they make it seem that way. And I wouldn't have been shocked if that was how this whole thing played out since we saw Matt like crying in the previews. But no, it had nothing to do with the fact that his mom did or didn't like these women. It had everything to do with engagements and whether he was ready for that. And I think it was really interesting to see 
in front of our eyes, which I spoke to Brie about this, like watching him have that moment where he wasn't ready and how everyone thought he was ready. And I think he was trying to convince himself he was ready. You know, Chris Harrison poked at him a little bit and was like, last week you were saying this. Are you sure this is how you feel? Are you sure you're not just freaking out? But he clearly didn't want to get engaged. I mean, we saw him stare at those rings um, and it didn't help. Obviously, Neil Lane quarantined here and they had to bring him in and do his little scene. But it was very clear there was no changing his mind. And I'm happy he stuck to that because, you know, it doesn't matter. A lot of times people say if they propose, maybe they'll stick it out and they'll make make it work or there's more. Um, you know, pressure, but maybe in a good way because they, you know, they're serious. These bachelor couples, these reality TV couples. Well, that might be true. A lot of times, I think, you know, we've seen on this franchise alone that the engagement doesn't necessarily always mean much, and we've seen engagements end in a month. Shout out to Pilot Pete, my friend who I met last night. We'll tell you all about that on Friday. Um, or Ari and Becca, which happened so quickly. Um, so I'm happy he didn't propose. I'm happy he didn't propose. I think it was for the best. I don't know if Rachel was happy in the moment. We'll get to that. But first, we have to talk about Michelle. Obviously, that heart, that split was heartbreaking. Um, I love Michelle. I've loved Michelle from the beginning when she showed up um, on week two or three or whenever they brought those girls in. I think she is amazing and going to be a really good bachelorette. And I think it was really cool that she called him out for the whole closure conversation um, at after the final rose when she literally was like, you... I wanted to talk to you for two minutes and I, the producers were in my room and I was crying and freaking out and they, you wouldn't see me like that really hurt my feelings. and I needed closure. I loved that. She brought that up. I think it was really interesting. Um, and I, after the final rose, a lot of times the, it's a letdown when you see the runner up meet with the lead. I mean, unless you have like Nick Vile and the Andy Dorfman, why did you make love to me? If you're not in love to me, iconic moment of it all. A lot of times they're over it by then. They watch the show. They see it's clear that they were never going to be the person you got caught up in it. They don't care. They either want to be the bachelorette or they want to never go on the show again. And I think that this was an example of someone who in a rare case did have a bone to pick with Matt and I'm glad she did. And it only made me love her more. Um, not saying I don't like Matt cause I do, but I think that it was just really interesting for her, for her to like have that moment. And I really loved it and it made me love her even more. And it made me really excited for her to be the bachelorette. Also, did you guys notice Chris Harrison did the voiceovers for Emmanuel Acho hosting? I thought that was really telling. I think it shows that Matt is, or Chris is working with ABC. He's not totally done. He wants to be part of the, change and solution and everything. And he, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think obviously we know that Caitlin and Tasha are hosting Katie's season of the bachelorette, which is coming first. It's going to be Katie with Tasha and Caitlin, then paradise, then Michelle unclear if Chris Harrison will be back for paradise or for Michelle or what's going to happen. But I think that I wouldn't be shocked if he is. I really think at the end of the day, the decision has not been made, which is why they haven't announced it. I think it's ever changing. There's a lot of discussions behind the scenes, a lot to talk about for Chris and for his, the future of the show. I, I don't think it's a, it's a clear answer. And I think they're still figuring it out, which is why we don't know the answer, but Michelle's going to be great. Katie, I don't die for Katie. You guys know that. I really, really liked her in the beginning of the season. I think I was like screaming about how much I liked her. But now I just feel like it's kind of random. Like she hasn't been on the show for a while. But Brie reminded me how great Katie was on night one and how she's really going to command the season. So I I'm obviously going to watch. And I always say ABC knows what they're doing. They, they pick these leads and they frame the season around them, their strengths, their weaknesses. And I don't know if the lead changes how the show plays out that much. It's more about the contestants and about the editing. As we learned this season, um, the editing was a little skewed. Anyway, back to the finale. No proposal. I joked that I felt as though we all were losers in this scenario because we didn't get to see Rachel's face when she saw that pear-shaped ring. No offense if you have a pear-shaped ring. They're just 
not for me. And I don't think they would have been for Rachel either. Um, she definitely thought she was getting dumped. It was kind of a wild change of events when she got that letter, um, you know, when she found out the date was canceled and then she got the note from pretending to be from Matt. That was obviously from whoever writes the notes because it's the same handwriting as all the other date cards. And she showed up at that lake. And I think Rachel definitely thought she was going home and Michelle was still there. I, I think it's so fascinating to know what they do and don't tell them. And from what I understand, she didn't know Michelle had left. Um, but and, you know, Matt kind of he did the thing that a lot of leads do. He set it up where he could have potentially been sending her home. But instead, he, you know, turned it around and was like, I can't propose. But first awkward silence of the night. I don't want to lose you. Um, and then we jumped right into AFR. So they were happy for about 30 seconds. It was strange to watch. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was really cute. I was all in. And then I had to remind myself of everything we've been hearing and that they probably weren't together anymore. When you picked her up, um, they seemed to be really in love and like they had a chance. Um, I don't think the non-proposal signals anything about that. So it was very upsetting to then go right into this AFR that was very dramatic very quickly. Um, to give you some quick background information from my understanding, obviously Matt and Rachel, this engagement aired last night, but it happened in November. So they were together for the rest of November, December, January, obviously not together all the time because they were, he, she was in Georgia. He was in back and forth to LA, New York and doing press, but they had their little, you know, their, their honeymoon time together. And, in the middle of February, when everything blew up with the Chris Harrison interview was when they started having these tough conversations. Because at first, you know, when the TikTok came out of accusing Rachel of being racist in high school, you can't believe everything you just see on TikTok. It doesn't make sense. So she, you know, they think he, that's why he made the comment. I took it as I thought it was a rumor. I tried to ignore it. I didn't want to believe it. And then the photos at the plantation party surfaced and it was t too big to ignore. And they had to have that tough conversation. Rachel posted her apology on February 11th, which was two days after the Chris Harrison extra interview with Rachel Lindsay. And Matt posted that statement kind of breaking his silence on the situation on February 22nd. So in between the 11th and the 22nd is when they broke up. Um, this is something I heard a while ago and also makes sense because... Matt on After the Final Rose said it was after she addressed it that we had to have these conversations. So, you know, there's a lot of split stuff on the internet about whether they think Matt and Rachel should have broken up over this and whatever. But at the end of the day, this is their decision. And Matt is the first black bachelor who was put in a really awkward position and had to make the decision that was right for him. And there was clearly whatever happened between them behind the scenes, the conversations that they had about this, he did not feel comfortable or satisfied or just okay in general about the way she handled the situation. And we don't know what was said between them. And he didn't think that this is someone who he could build a future with, who could be the father, the mother of his children and who he trusted to start a life together with. And that's his decision to make and all of ours to watch all of this and learn something from it. But I don't think it's just about the party on the plantation. You know, everyone's saying that, which is, in my opinion, was wrong. And Rachel admitted it was wrong. And she said she's learning about it. She didn't do it with malintent. That's not what it is. And I love that Emmanuel Acho made the comment, you know, there's a difference between being racially insensitive and being racist. Because I think that's true when we're trying to navigate cancel culture and what happens after you apologize and what accountability means and how we move forward as a society in life and on The Bachelor, which blows my mind how they are very similar Honestly, this show is ridiculous, but it really does 
reflect on a lot of things that we're going through every day in this country. And I think that, you know, it was his decision to make. And I think Rachel handled herself really well. I think she kind of thought maybe there was still a chance. You know, she she had her hand on his shoulder at one point. They held hands. She was really looking at him, kind of giving him permission to say what he ever what he wanted to say. And he was choosing his words very carefully, which we know because of all the awkward silence. And, you know, suffice to say, I never have grabbed for a bottle of wine faster than sitting there waiting for Matt James to, to respond because it was just wildly uncomfortable, which I've said before was the point. Um, I think it was really well done overall. I just wanted more. I truly wanted more. It's like I was uncomfortable, but I also couldn't look away and I still have questions. And I saw a picture of Michelle and Rachel having a conversation with Emmanuel Acho that obviously didn't air. I think that was a mistake because I think the girl's relationship with Rachel gives us a bigger point of view of everything that went down and everything they were talking about and how they felt about the situation. I also have so many questions about their breakup still. So I want all of these answers, but I, I, I don't know. It was, it was a lot, you guys, it was a lot. The season was a lot. So obviously the finale was going to be a lot. Rachel was clearly heartbroken. She called Matt the love of her life during the special and on Instagram last night. Matt was obviously heartbroken too. He couldn't even look at her. If you noticed, he was trying to choose his words carefully, like I said, because I don't think he wanted to throw her under the bus completely. He cared about this girl at one point. And he, but he also was like, this is finally my time to say what I want to say and I can be unfiltered. And I think he's ready to move past this whole experience, but there was just so much that needed to be said. And there are still so many questions. And I think she, she wanted to maybe keep that door open, but he really shut it down. I mean, when Emmanuel Acho asked if they wanted to embrace one last time and he looked at the ground and she was looking at him, the body language was, it was wild. And they were also sitting very far apart from each other. It's over. It is so over. Um, And like I said, it's not our place to decide whether that was right or not. But I think it was hard to watch. And I think that was the point. And I think he was heartbroken. She was heartbroken. No one really won here um, except for Katie and Michelle, who both get to be the Bachelorette. Um, I'm looking forward to moving forward. Um, that being said, I'm sure we will be discussing this season for the weeks to come because Here for the Right, right, right Reasons is not going anywhere, even though this season has ended. We will obviously be back for Katie season, but in the weeks in between, we're going to help fill in those blanks. We're going to talk to hopefully more contestants from the show. You're about to hear from Brie. Talk to old contestants um, about their point of view and perspective on all things Bachelor Nation and this season and really just see what happens. But I hope you've all recovered from the finale. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I want you to DM me, uh, leave five stars for the podcast, leave a comment, tell your friends, and of course, enjoy my interview with Brie. Okay. So first, just tell me, what has it been like to watch the show back? I'm sure there's been highs and lows. You know, this this season has been headline making to say the least. <laughs> yeah. It has been a unique experience watching it all back, honestly. Something that people really can't prepare you for. And it, again, has come with its highs and lows. And it's been an emotional roller coaster. But let me tell you, I do feel relief, a big sigh of relief that it's all, it's finally over. And, you know, the, the journey has come, come to an end and a conclusion. Do you feel a sense of closure having watched everything back compared to when you left? Because I feel like you were one of the big heartbreaks of the season. It was, it was, yeah, (laughs) it was, it was really sad. And you know what? Watching it back as odd as it sounds really did give me the closure that I needed. And watching the entire season back, I was able to see, I think all of us were able to see where Matt's heart was the entire time. So for me, I was able to walk away from it, looking at the, my experience, my journey for what it was. And my conversation with Emmanuel did give me the closure that I needed from just this kind of entire experience. I was able to wrap 
you know, bow around it and say, we did that and now we can move forward. Right. Which as viewers, we did not get to see your conversation, but we, know. It, we knew you were there. <laughs> so what did we miss? What did we miss? <laughs> I mean, you really missed the conclusion to, to my journey, you know, what it was like for me to, to make such a big life altering decision, how my mom and my best friend, you know, kind of took part in helping me get there to that conclusion. And lastly, just the closure that I needed from, from all of this, watching back my breakup and again, seeing where Matt's heart was. Um, I really feel like that was a great conversation that Emmanuel and I had and just looking at where the show could go from here. Did you have any time with Matt or Michelle or Rachel, either in front of the camera or behind the scenes during the AFR taping? No, I, I didn't talk to Matt, didn't talk to Rachel and Michelle. Um, I didn't talk to the women until after the fact. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, so also when watching the show back, you know, you mentioned it was clear where Matt's heart lied. While filming, did you guys have any idea that Rachel was sort of the front runner, if you want to call her that? <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> I mean, that's why I, in the moment, was was um, was blindsided to to go home. You know, I do think hometowns was a really big turning point, at least for me. You know, where I started to doubt how strong mine and Matt's connection was in compared to his other ones. Um, but then I I talked myself out of it and told myself, "Oh, it's it's going to be you at the end of this." Um, but yeah, I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that it was going to be me until we kind of got towards towards the end. Um, you wrote on social media about how mentally draining this whole experience has been. Were you referring more to filming it, watching it, everything? Like where, where, what was that all about? All of the above. You know, I think it, it was important to me um, to continue to be honest with myself and, and not put up a front and not, you know, say this was the best experience. Because I think a lot of us could agree, or at least me personally, that there was uh, it was a missed opportunity for the show to tackle much larger conversations and issues. And so I, I have been disappointed by that. Um, and as I'm saying, it was, it was mentally draining because I think about, you know, the pain that's had to happen and the mistakes that have happened in order to get us to this point. And it's just a reminder of how much further we have to go. Um, so that's, that's what I meant by that. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we can all take lessons away from the season and move forward. Absolutely. Um, also with watching, watching the finale back, were you surprised with Matt's decision not to propose? Did you, are you, when you were, you know, filming the show, did you think that that he's definitely going to get down on one knee, whether it was <laughs> yeah. with anyone? Like, were you, I, cause I was pretty surprised. I feel like things took a turn very quickly last I think, night. I think, you know, watching it back, like as, as an audience, from an audience perspective, I mean, I walked away from it saying, Matt is ready for an engagement. And he's assured me that he's ready. And then come to find out he actually is not. And I can totally see how you find yourself in a position coming onto the show saying you're open to an engagement, you're opening to see where this takes you. And then you're caught in a bubble and you're caught mm -hmm. up in this like fantasy world. And it all hits you at one point, like, wait, am I ready for this? Or is this just a bubble? And I think we kind of saw Matt literally have that experience during filming of, whoa, I mean, I've never been in a relationship before. Am I actually ready for this? Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, um, were you friendly with Rachel at all in the house or how, how was that? Yes, Rachel, Rachel and I were friends in the house. I had a really good relationship with, with all of the women in the house. 
Okay, because sometimes I feel like we didn't see that either because this season has kind of, you know, there was obviously drama and I think there's always drama and I think it's always just a way. You never know what we don't see and it's important to remember that as a viewer, but this season specifically, it's nice to hear that there was some bonding because we didn't see a lot yeah. of bonding. Yeah, and it wasn't, it didn't feel as balanced, you know. I will say, like, it definitely had its fair share of, of negativity. Um, but what I wish people could have seen was the relationships that we all formed with each other, the bonds that we formed with each other. I mean, I think the women were, we really all relied on each other as a source of strength and support on the show as well as off afterwards. When everything was kind of playing out with, the allegations against Rachel and the Chris Harrison interview and every other day, it felt like there was something happening. Were you guys all in communication or was it like trying to give each other space or how did you navigate that? A lot of the above. It's hard to, it's hard to navigate because I think about what I want personally. It was hard for me to respond to people. It was hard for me to respond to my best friends, my family, people who knew me for years who are reaching out to check in on me. Um, And quite frankly, it's just the women are the only people that can understand and relate to what we're going through. So it's a combination of giving everyone their space because you know how you feel when you get bombarded Mm -hmm. and also just trying to lean on each other because we've never had to navigate anything like this before. After the final rose was obviously very intense, uncomfortable moments as promised, as needed. Um, What was your biggest takeaway watching all of that last night? Yeah, it was it was hard. And it seemed like a really tense conversation between Matt and Rachel. I mean, first and foremost, I'm extremely happy that Michelle got the closure that, that she needed because I think it was important for all of us to, to get that. And I was surprised to see the conversation between Matt and Rachel play out. You know, on one hand, I sympathize with Matt because as a black woman and having been in interracial relationships in the past, I understand how that can seem daunting and defeating to have to kind of navigate through that with a like with another a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can also sympathize with Rachel because I know how hard it was for me to get on that stage and, and speak, you know, my truth and share my side of things. Um, and I think she handled it really well. And the conversations that she had were extremely important. And I think now it's just what actions are we all going to take to do better going forth? Were you surprised that when you learned that they had gone their separate ways or do you think this was just like all too much too fast and everything that's played out, it kind of makes sense that it wasn't going to work necessarily in in the real world at this time? Yeah, I think, I think I was surprised um, because I think to all of us as viewers, they seemed very, very much in love. Um, But again, there are two sides to every coin. And I think maybe you know, we did obviously didn't see behind the scenes of what Matt was struggling with. And that's what I'm saying. I can sympathize with him and say how, you know, I could see it being defeating. Um, but, you know, I think they both did what was best for each other. And at the end of the day, that's all I could want for Matt. And that's all I could want for Rachel. We're getting two bachelorettes. First, I have to ask you, one, was that ever anything you wanted to consider or were hoping for? And also tell me why Katie and Michelle, as people who know them, are both going to crush it in this in their new roles. Yes, I, I do. I will say it's an opportunity unlike any other. And I'm excited for the opportunity like this. What felt like a once in a lifetime opportunity to find love that I got. Um, and, and while it ends up being Katie and Michelle, I think they're both 
great for this in different ways. Like Katie is a wonderful girl. I think she was made for an environment like this in a lot of ways that I'm not. I mean, look at how she showed up tonight one, like she's going to crush this season as the bachelorette. And I think if anyone else is more deserving to be in a role to have another chance at finding love, it is Michelle. I mean, she's so earnest and pure and endearing and and I want her to find that special someone. So I think they're going to kill it. I think so too. <laughs> and I'm excited to support them. Yes. Um, I mean, with obviously Katie, just specifically the um, women tell all, I know you weren't there because you were still mm-hmm. you know, in, in competing, <laughs> um, but it kind of felt like things really turned and people, the, the women were very upset with Katie for telling Matt about the drama and it made it escalate. And I'm sure, you know, we weren't there, but as a viewer, it almost yeah. felt like Katie was trying to protect everyone in the house and try to make everything mm-hmm. better for everyone versus trying to like get advantage with the lead, which is kind of like a trope of the show. Where did you stand on that? Yeah, it's hard because again, it is an, it's a unique experience. Unlike any other, I would say my personal experience, like in my personal experience, I didn't see a lot of bullying being reflected because I think one of the most challenging things that people don't understand is you're only privy to your experience and your perspective on the show. So while something looked completely like toxic on one hand to them, maybe it did not you know, affect me in the same way. Um, but for me personally, I knew that I was coming there for one thing and one thing only, and that was for Matt and to put myself in a situation to give myself the best opportunity to focus on our relationship. Cause there's a lot of drivers and noise and you've got to, you've got to just kind of put your best foot forward in that environment. And I feel like that's what I did. I think you did an amazing job at that. I feel like it was like you were really big in the beginning. (laughs) You had the first one-on-one and then it was almost like you were kind of in the background for a second. And I was like, oh, Bree's still here because you weren't necessarily in the middle of of everything. Um, I have to ask, I mean, obviously another part of your storyline on the show was that you quit your job. Um, Any regrets there? Any update on the job front? What's up? (laughs) Yeah, no. Okay, no regrets there. I don't regret allowing myself to open up to Matt and, and really fall for him. And as for my career, you know, my career was important to me and continues to be very important to me. And I'm hoping that I can take away lessons from the show and, and move forward and bring them into my next relationship with with me and with what I decide to do. Um, I have really enjoyed this time you know, not working and I've been polishing up my resume and I'm open to, to taking on new opportunities that, that come my way. So I feel hopeful and I feel excited about that. Is that a dating in paradise opportunity or are we we're not ready to commit <laughs> to that just yet? <laughs> you know, I think I need to see, um, kind of some tangible change from the show in order for me to put myself back in that situation. It doesn't mean that I've given up on dating, um, but I mean, maybe I've given up on dating on a reality TV show. You know, <laughs> if it works, it works. And sometimes it really doesn't work. Um, yeah, obvi- Obviously, we have Caitlin and Tasha coming in to step in for Chris for Katie season, which I think everyone is really excited about. Do you think yeah. that that was a good call? Where do you know the whole Chris Harrison of it all? Where do you stand on that? I, I think that given Chris's large prominence on the show, I think that he is a good catalyst for change. And one of the things that I wanted to see moving forward was um, the opportunity for additional diverse voices to be heard. And I think we're seeing that. So we're seeing the show take steps in the right direction. And again, it's unfortunate that all of, like the, the pain that's happened and the mistakes that have been made to get us to this point. But I know that it seems like 
we are all trying to put our best foot forward and that's all I can hope for the show and, and for all of us as viewers. That's awesome. Uh, my last question for you before I let you go, since I am actually at Nemecolon right now, I've been here all weekend for this viewing <laughs> oh my party. Gosh, yes, amazing. It's been very exciting. So I wanted to ask you to wrap it up. What was your favorite part of living in this resort for a couple weeks? <laughs> mini golfing and off-roading. Got it. Got to do the mini golfing. Got to do the off-roading. I mean, it's a huge environment of things to do, very geographically diverse. So take advantage of it. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bree. And um, I'm so excited to see what you do next. We'll be Thank watching. Thank you, Sarah. It was great chatting um, with you. Appreciate have, it. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast and come back every week for more Bachelor breakdowns. Bye.